0: And now, more educate on TalkZone.com. Here's Jonathan Jefferson.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show and our ongoing discussion of the topic of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. If you'd like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open, 888 463 6748 that's 888-463-6748. We're taking your calls on Talk Zone. My next guest, Arthur Register, is the Director of Science for the Uniondale Union Free School District in New York. He holds a BS in Biology from Utica College of Syracuse University, Masters in Molecular and Cell Biology from Long Island University, and a Masters in Education from Pace University. He has been working as an educator for 18 years, Eight years in the classroom and ten years as an administrator. Arthur, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And I greatly appreciate you coming on. Um, Arthur, why does science come first in the acronym of STEM?
0: Well, the, of course, as you know, that STEM uh, is, uh, you know, of course, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, but science comes first because science is the foundation of these three uh, particular words that make up this acronym. So overall, one of the, uh, something I wanted to discuss is that the STEM, basically sometimes people use the word, the the, the acronym, in a way that it's, you know, independently. However, it's really a curriculum base. And it's an interdisciplinary curriculum where, the students, all of these different areas—the science, the technology, the engineering—are being taught in, in, in this interdisciplinary matter. So, for example, uh, let's say we teach a class in biology in New York State. Let's say we have living environment. So then, there's a particular. However, when we do when we teach a class in STEM, all of these uh, particular subjects the technology and the engineering and mathematics all of that has to be an, an interdisciplinary uh, approach so therefore the science is really uh, a base and then all of these other areas are implemented as well
1: now with uh, in your school district I'm familiar that you um, have had quite a bit of success with, science research. Would science research be a good example of a STEM-based curriculum or am I a little off on that?
0: No, you're not off. So basically science research will be a perfect example. That's one of many examples. You see, science research, many times, uh, you know, people think it's a, it's, it's, it's a subject that is uh, taught alone. However, science research is the part of the real world application for, that's part of the stem so then in science research there could be, be many projects that the students are interested in researching however what is it what's happening is that in science research the students will take the content knowledge that they learn so then whatever it is that they learn in the classroom so let's say they take they take chemistry physics or uh, uh, biology all of that needs to come in so it's like a web Going to science research, and then the science research is the application. So then, uh, for example, in engineering, so a student could be working on a regular mathematical engineering base that, as we know, traditional engineering. However, the student at the same time, a student at the same time could be working on genetic engineering. So it's still using the same principle of manipulation, but it's doing it using bacteria, using fungi, or some other... Uh, organism but it's still applying the idea of engineering of course the mathematics as well so then science research yeah definitely would be a perfect example and that you wouldn't be far, you would not be off with that
1: okay now do, do you find that your students who are in science research also excel in uh, in mathematics and social studies and English do you find a, a direct correlation in their performance
0: Yes, and that's usually the case. Now, what I'd like to see, usually you find that, and i you know, usually you find that students who are already excelling in mathematics and any of the science areas, they will take science research. They will go and participate in science research. But now, what we were trying to change, we're trying to have a shift. Where we would like, and we are beginning to see some of that, where students who normally will, we will not think the students will be able to participate in science research. We want to see where, the, where science research will become a motivator or some sort of, a, yeah, so, sort of like a motivator so that these students will uh, do better. I mean, it's like the reverse. You, you want to see a student who normally you will not think that they will do well. And and math and science, and then by using science research as a motivator, you know. So then, for example, let's say a student now will say, you know what? I don't see the relevance of taking a biology or doing well in biology class. However, you know, you could use a particular example. Let's say in a you know, let's say people who have house plants. You see, in the night, the house plants. Will, you know if you if you have house plants so let's say in the night there's the house plants use oxygen because they undergo a process of of respiration they use oxygen in the night in order to make energy so then in the night it will be less oxygen right but then mm-hmm. in the daytime the plants will be using the sunlight to make photosynthesis so now there will be more oxygen so now the student now oh, Overall, they will not see the relevance. They just now, if they take now in science research, they could figure that out. They will given be given the opportunity to investigate. But then, by making a connection between the class, the science research class, and the content, then the student will do better in the content because they will see the real world application and they will see the relevance as to why they are studying that in the classroom. So then, yes, normally you will see students who do well in the subject area, that will go into the science research, they will apply it, but then we begin and we, we would like to see and we started to um, uh, have a shift where we want to change the mindset of the students through science research so that they could do better in the content area.
1: Okay. Now, uh, do you find also that students who are more hand-on, let's, let's shift from... A science research that your school offers to uh, robotics and robotics is more uh, technology, uh, more um, building and construction and what have you. Uh, do you find that those students have the same, the same, they gain the same as the students who are in science research with regards to the integration of the uh, curriculum? Because robotics is more of a club where science research is more of a, um, a credit, you know, earning, uh yeah. Curriculum, right.
0: So now, overall, when it's, it's interesting uh, that you point that out. Many we had a we 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 have a robotics club in the school, and we also have a program called Physics First. So now we had received a grant some years ago to encourage the uh, underrepresented students who who will go on to major in the STEM uh, topics in college. So, because we want to ent- we, we want to expose the students earlier on, even from the middle school, from from the middle school, actually from elementary school, because we do have a robotics club at the elementary school. So, we want to increase the number of underrepresented students who will normally go into that field. So, now as we go up, let's say to the high school, we find out that the students who are in the and, and, and the robotics club are not necessarily the same students who are, let's say, in a course like in a sequence like physics first or even taking physics. So then now, you know, there's a different mindset. So then you see the students who are, many times you have a student who, who are hands-on, they will try to investigate, they will go on and just, you know, the fear factor is not there. Mm-hmm. So that student will try to, you know, to to understand how something works, how to build. However, the mathematical aspect of it, they will never take physics. But yet, the end product will be the same thing. So then, now that means that there's a gap. You see, there's a gap in the way we teach the students. There's a gap in which the way in which uh, the the information is presented. So then you will find. So now we we want to close that gap to say you know what again you know we could uh, uh, give the students the opportunity with also the the mathematical, the mathematical uh, the mathematical base or the structure or the foundation so that they could enjoy uh, building they could enjoy investigating but at the same time you know. We, you know, so at the same time, they could encourage them to take physics and also to be in the robotics club. So now, one of the ways that we are, you know, we are changing that is through a sequence that we have called the physics first. Normally, you know, students will go. I'm sure, like probably not not probably when I went to school, the sequence, of course, was biology first, then you will take chemistry, then you will take physics last. Exactly. And that was the sequence. However, you know, they, I want to say reformers, you know, in terms of how, when we look at how students compare, how we, the students in America, you know, we're always saying like the 21st century, the jobs are changing. There are STEM jobs that are, that by 2018, that we've, even now, there are STEM jobs that was not there when we were young. So then now we find that through, uh, surveys and through testing, that the students, the American students, are not performing in science and mathematics as well as other countries. So then now we have to look at how the students are taught. we got to go back to the basic, let's look at the curriculum. So then there are some reformers that says, you know what, instead of teaching, you know, what, what is the relevance, what is the purpose of having biology, you know, that particular sequence, biology first and then physics last. So then as we then begin to look at physics, physics is the foundation of all science. So then uh, four years ago, we started a sequence called Physics First, where physics is offered uh, in the freshman year, as opposed to biology. And then after physics, then we go, the students go into chemistry. And then after chemistry, the students take uh, AP Bio. And the rationale behind that, that physics in terms of science is the foundation of all of the sciences and the studies were done where you see in physics there are strands of chemistry in order to understand chemistry there are certain components of chemistry that you find out in physics and then in AP biology because the biology let's say 40 years ago was just memorization but now there are changes in the molecular structure there are changes that, uh, in, in, the atoms that we now understand in, especially with molecular genetics, that it will benefit the students to take physics, chemistry, and that particular sequence. For us, data-wise, we begin, we, we begin to see, you know, the, uh, the cohort that have been participating, that participated in the physics first, we see that there's a 10% increase in the AP biology, uh, in the AP biology scores. So now from a level three to five. So then overall, we're beginning to see the students not only just in science, overall they were better students because the critical thinking. So now, of course, you know, that's a change in, in the mindset, not only for the students but, but as well as the, the instructors, the teachers. And, of course, you know, there's a mathematical uh, foundation to that. Because, of course, really for physics, all they need is, is the algebra component. So now we need to uh, increase or strengthen the, the, the algebra component. So then we work closely with the mathematics department so that we will have uh, students that, you know, we will be able to isolate the students that are doing well in in algebra. But not only that, but then maybe to increase the number of students uh, that or in algebra, so that those students will participate in a course sequence like that, because overall that will benefit them, and not just by course, but in critical thinking as well.
1: Okay, um, Mr. Mr. Register, before we before we go on, because I, I am going, I was about to ask you about the connection with math, but at this time we need to take a short break. Stay tuned, we'll be back with more right after this.
0: You're listening to Educate on TalkZone.com.
1: Back to Jonathan Jefferson. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show and our discussion with our guest, Arthur Register, on the important topic of STEM. If you'd like to join our conversation, this is your last chance. The phone lines are open 888 463 6748. That's 888 463 6748. We're taking your calls on Talk Zone. Uh, Arthur, right before the break, you were getting into how, um, physics first is important because it's the foundation, uh, of, of many of the sciences. And you mentioned how algebra with regards to math is also, uh, important. What is that link in? Uh, do, do children need to start algebra in ninth grade as well, or is that something they need to have before physics?
0: Right. So then for physics, you know, initially they, the, you know, it was taught that the students need to understand trigonometry. Right. So now the trigonometry for physics, these are not trigonometry that the students need to have prior knowledge that these trigonometry concepts could be taught. But the most important is algebra. And I'm not, uh, you know, so familiar with the mathematics uh, standards. However, I know that algebra... Is definitely a major, you know. I think algebra is one of the major strands of the, you know, of the mathematics concept or standard, because in physics, I know, for example, for all the science courses, you need algebra for chemistry. If a student is weak in algebra, uh, they will struggle in chemistry because, the, again, like so, they need to be able to go from to convert from one unit to the next, they will be able to, and I think I know that algebra definitely has something to do with uh, critical thinking and, you know, uh, thinking backwards, forward. So that's important. So algebra is definitely important. So then also in computers, in computing, uh, you see that, again, they need algebra. So then with with physics first, you know, you we we find that the students, if they do well, if they receive an 85 or above in algebra, the students will not struggle. We have data to 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 back that up. And then as they go into chemistry, uh, they will breeze through right through chemistry, and then they will go on to uh, they, they will go on to, uh, to to AP Bio, and then okay. of course we'll
1: make, yeah AP, Yeah, my my first guest had mentioned how um, simply offering. The science, technology, engineering, and math doesn't make it uh, a um, a linked program, uh, a truly uh, immersed, you know, STEM program. Um, are are these, in in your observation, are are most of these classes taught in isolation, or are teachers actually working together to, let's say, take a project and incorporate it across all of these curriculum areas?
0: Right, and then that's uh, 100% correct. So what happened, like I, I probably did not come across like that, but STEM, it's, a, it's supposed to be taught in an interdisciplinary uh, way. So then even though you have the science, the technology, engineering, mathematics, but right now, honestly, our curriculum are not interdisciplinary. So if it's taught in a standalone, definitely there will be le- less success. So then either if it's interdisciplinary so that needs that needs to be a marriage between the the math the science uh, the engineering the technology uh, because you know either you could do it through content or even through time so then let's say you teach in a particular uh, strand you know algebraic expression so then in mathematics during that time and let's say physics or whatever wherever that could apply you want to teach that at the same time, so then the students could see the relevance. They could reinforce, you know. So then, and of course, they and maybe in technology they could actually do a project that will culminate all of that. So yes, yeah, so they they are supposed to uh, to teach that and in, and in interdisciplinary approach, not so much in isolation. So now. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that also, uh the common core standards uh strongly encourages uh teaching across disciplines. So, do you do you find current planning or future planning curriculum writing uh is going to uh deliberately uh mar- make a marriage between these different uh subjects?
0: Yes, so then uh, for us we have the next generation science which uh I I think it's uh, it's, it's definitely a wholesome uh standard. That has been adopted by the New York State. And in 2015, January, there will be some changes on afterwards for the, for 2016, uh, the school year 2016, there will be some changes. So now in terms of curriculum writing, from when a couple of years ago, we sort of like, uh, uh, slowed down on the curriculum writing part because we were not sure where the state was going to go with that, whether they were going to adapt it or not. However, mm-hmm. now that we understand that the state will move forward with adapt, uh, adapting, we don't know exactly how, but definitely in, in January we'll, we'll, we will find out. So then over the summer, we're going to start uh, implementing, uh, restructuring our curriculum, so our curriculum, so that it will be an interdisciplinary way. So now the state could decide that they will adapt the next generation science totally, total. 100%, or they will make some changes or take some components of that and and make a, a, a change to the science curriculum as the way it is now. Okay. So uh, we we so so until before that, prior to that, we were really concentrating on the mathematics and the ELA components. Where reading, that that's another thing too. You know, that's another factor where reading comprehension is very important because even though we find that, let's say, in physics or any other class where the students may actually understand the concept, but then sometimes there are some basic vocabulary words that testing words, like the connecting words that the students, they don't understand. Because Mm -hmm. they don't understand that, then they cannot decipher to figure out what is it that they they are asking. But if you explain it to them, oh, yes, they will give you the, the correct answer. So from at that time... You know, up until now, we have been following or trying to implement the ELA component as well as the mathematical component of that. And, of the- yeah, and
1: I believe the ELA component, which is one of the strongest components of Common Core, has an emphasis on technical yeah. writing and technical reading. So that hopefully, you know, will will help the students um, with, with their STEM curriculum. Um, just a few, we only have a few minutes left. So I, I wanted to backtrack to some other questions I wanted to cover. Um, at what age level or what grade level is STEM first incorporated?
0: At uh, in, in elementary level.
1: Okay, okay so, so pretty much they start off right away with it.
0: Right, right, right. And then and, and and basically the reason being that that initial step provides the standard based, you know, which is inquiry based, real world problem learning, you know, that will connect all of the STEM subjects together at that level. You know, you want to get the kids to be interested and learn and learning the topic. You want them to basically uh, like STEM. You want them, you want to bridge the in-school and out-of-school STEM learning opportunities. So then at that level, you know, you want the kids more hands-on. You probably, that's when the robotics club. I mean, when you go to the science fair, you'll see a lot of the students, they they, they don't have any fear. You know, they mm-hmm. just go right into it.
1: You see? Okay. Yeah, now um what are some of the differences if any between um high school STEM and and middle school STEM or is it you know exactly the same you're integrating everything just at at different levels as they progress?
0: Well, I, I don't know. I guess I would say like that the middle school the the exploration of STEM related you see the, uh, see the middle school then the students are becoming more aware. So then you will wanna have the kids explore STEM-related careers, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and particularly for underrepresented population students, because what happened is, you know, uh, the exposure is not there. Okay. And then when you get to high school, you want the students to focus on the application of the subjects in a, in a, in a rigorous manner. So then, uh, so, you know, you want to have courses that uh, with pathways that are available, in the STEM fields and in uh, you know, certain occupations as well as you start preparing the students either for college or for employment.
1: Okay. Now, we're down to our last question because we only have a minute left. Um, do you believe that STEM is changing the face of education, and if so, how?
0: Well, I, I definitely think it is changing the face of education because, uh, there are, like I mentioned before, there are many uh, stimulated jobs that are that, as a as a as a country, that we have less uh, employ. You know, there, there's a shortage of employee with the necessary skills. So then, if okay. more school districts or more uh, become aware of that, then we could better prepare the students to meet those needs.
1: Excellent. Okay, we have been speaking with Arthur Register, Director of Science for the Union-Free School District in New York. Arthur, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Okay, thank you so much for having me.
1: I appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to Educate with Dr. Jefferson. Tune in next time as we continue to tackle the truth behind schoolhouse doors.